0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 241 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew. Tuning in to listen to us do what we do. Uh, and what's that, both of you? Talk, Talk about, about video, video games. games. There we go. Talk about video games. <laughs> every Thursday, every week, we gather around the Virtual Water Cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. Of the hoop man, along with my co-hosts, the Pax Panel puppeteers, Luke Lewis and Jacob McCourt. How's it going, guys?
1: Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having us. We're excited.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us back. Hyped to be here. Hyped to have some heated discussion? Question mark.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, just to lay the foundation, the the groundwork uh, for people listening, this is a podcast. It's been quite a while, so if you started listening in the past month, you don't know that traditionally the other co host is sin. Our had a baby, so he's not around. So instead, I've been pulling up these two fine gentlemen to come host in his place. Um, And that's exactly what we're doing. Now we're having them both combine to host in his place. Uh, We have a nice topic. But before we talk about that topic, just a quick shout out that you can get all the content you want related to this podcast by just looking into the description of this episode. That's all you got to do. Look into the description. You got social media links for everybody on the episode. You got social media for the dad who's not here on the episode. You have our (laughs) Discord link, all that good stuff. So if you want more information about Player Player, just go into the description. Sorry, I did a little burp there. Uh, Just go into the description of the episode. By the way, I don't know if you you guys know this. You going to live? Also, I am... (laughs) I am like devolving into COVID brain. Uh, Amanda got COVID, she's doing fine. Uh, but now my throat is giving out. And I think I'm also probably will have COVID by tomorrow. So that's, that's a disclaimer. So anything that goes wrong with this podcast involving me, that's my excuse involving them. The other two people on this podcast, they have no excuse. So just remember that, um, there's one other thing I wanted to call out. Um, and I don't remember it, so I won't do it. Let's just get into the conversation, guys. So I actually want to pull up a tweet here because there's a tweet that sparked my topic for today, all right? And we we make jokes, all right? And by we, I say me and Luke. We make jokes <laughs> ever since Jacob McCourt told us that God of War was... Oh, uh, he he said that Jacob. Actually, I don't want to put words in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, can I can What'd I defend say? myself here? Don't don't defend yourself yet. Just okay. say just just stay. There'll your be serious. time. There'll be time. There'll here be is time, my statement
1: yeah. about God of War. Mm-hmm. I think the story in God of War is kind of mid, and there I will is. say no more words because again, that's what this whole episode's about.
0: Exactly. So. You guys hear the phrase
1: first. paint by
2: numbers? That's was exactly out. the words I used. Yeah, paint by to put numbers. Exact words in your mouth uh-huh. that's allowed here mm-hmm. in this space.
0: So, just to recap, I know it safe wasn't space. a lot said. I know it wasn't a lot said. I don't said, know if it's recap, a
2: recap. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just.
0: <laughs> Jacob has said that uh, God of War is maybe the worst game he's ever played. <laughs> just recapping based okay. off of those two seconds we just talked about. Um, but there's another tweet, all right? Jacob's take was not the only thing to get me here. All right. Because I follow another person on Twitter.
1: Okay. Her name okay. is
0: gaming in the wild. And their other name is John. This says John gaming in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a tweet from him and he says on the dice awards, Ragnarok taking best story over immortality or even horizon pains me. The plot of God of War Ragnarok was not good. In my opinion, the, I mean, this is kind of. Can kind I read a it because
1: I kind of agree. The mass MacGuffin, Freya's 180, the silly okay, twist, okay. the anticlimactic final, a finale, the squirrel, okay. FFS, which I'm not gonna say those words because uh, I'm a PG yeah, for, boy. Okay. Folks okay. were just in very invested in Kratos and Boy.
0: And before we go any, uh, I mean, I guess we don't need to read the other ones, but um, I don't think there's too many spoilers in there. Like all the stuff that I said is pretty vague enough that that's not going to spoil anybody. Um, but I was like, wait a second. There's, there's dozens of Jacobs out there. All right. And I said, I was looking at the comments as well. And people were like, yeah, it was mid. I didn't like it. I said, wait, wait, hold, hold on. All right. Hold on. Hold the phone. All right. Let's not get it. Let's not go too crazy. So I wanted to have a conversation. All right. And I wanted to frame this conversation about what does it mean for a video game to have a good narrative? All right. Mm. Because, there's, there's narrative. When we talk about good narrative, we always think, oh, man, cinematic. Man, Last of Us is a movie, all right? We're comparing it to, like, this can hang with any TV show, X, Y, and Z. Good narrative, I think the most classic interpretation of a good narrative is just a nice little book. That's mm-hmm. all it really has. It doesn't have anything to support. It just has a good narrative. But what does that mean for video games? Before we get your inputs on this, I want to set the framework, all right? dice awards developers are voting for developers um i don't know exactly what the voting structure is i just know developers are voting for developers and this is seen as the most you know i don't know like accurate to what the industry likes award show uh, so i want to give the uh dice i think the the actual award is like uh, outstanding achievement and story i want to give the top 10 winners from the last 10 years so we have god of war ragnarok the year before that guardians of the galaxy then we have the last of us part two disco elysium god of war 2018 horizon zero dawn uncharted 4 the witcher 3 shadow of mordor and the original last of us so that's what the industry has been voting um for the past 10 years just to set the stage all right so god of war ragnarok run this year but hey Guardians of the Galaxy won last year. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's just take the temperature on that alone. Jacob, let me start with you because in my visual screen here, you're to the right of me. Give me your uh, initial opinions. We'll get into God of War in a second, but give me your initial opinions. Do you want my
1: opinion on, like, the last 10 years of Dice Winners or really what makes a good narrative?
0: You know what? Just give me whatever. Whatever you got in the chamber right now. And we'll go from there. Okay.
1: Um, when I think of good narrative, like, it is, not a w- it is not one dimension, right? Good narrative could mean world. Uh, it could mean characters. Um, we could talk about A plot or B plots. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think that the, the distinction or the thing with, no, I'm not going to talk about God of War. Let's just keep it really high level and say, when I think about narrative, I think of that stuff. And just, like, being really flippant, having heard that list, a lot of those games are just, like, the most story. Maybe not necessarily Mm. the best story.
0: Mm. Luke? Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I
2: think I'm on the same page as far as, like, our definition and what we view, like, definitely the multifaceted aspect of, like, what a narrative game can be. I think about, like... An engaging experience and how that can mean many different things whether it's compelling dialogue a really interesting through line in the plot meaningful character interactions like powerful performances or set piece moments that you remember like it can work in multiple ways i think when i think of like the most impactful narrative games for me though it is that like character driven experience where things feel natural and human and i find something that resonates with me about the character.
1: Yeah, okay. I, if I look at, like, some of the nominees in that outstanding story category, I think maybe there's a couple different ways you can take it. You can take it in the most story way and, like, the one that's the most movie. Um, but, like, if I think of last year, Before Your Eyes is probably, like, my fit, my game of the year last year. And, like, that is a that is a narrative that I think is, like pretty immaculate and it's hard to beat but is it the largest narrative with the most characters with the biggest world with the richest world uh it's not and so again up to your own interpretation what that means i don't know how you feel about narrative joseph
0: so uh i'm a big narrative boy like i even (laughs) remember like i'm like i always tell arson like hey i'm really passionate about narrative i love a game with a good narrative i kind of flipped the script on him and i'm like what's your favorite game with a great narrative? And he's like, well, I don't even know. Like I, he doesn't really look for that in his games. Like, and I kind of don't fall him for that because like how many people are like, I'm booting this up for a great narrative. There are some people like, I guess some of us that are, I think we're those people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But most people are like, Hey, if it's fun enough, I'm fine with it. Um, For me, what good narratives in games means is exactly how Jacob is putting it, um, fully faceted or multifaceted, where it can be anything. But for me personally, I think the most important thing is weaving a great story, or even a pretty good story, uh, deeply into the gameplay. Um, so I think uh, John Gaming in the Wild on Twitter. Uh, went on to say like hey i think immortality is a much better story i think there's you know it's just more substance there and i i am hard to i'm hard pressed to argue against that but the difference i see uh when i look at a game like immortality and a game like god of war ragnarok is immortality is very much hey this is sam barlow's story he can write the script. He can go out and film it, and mm-hmm. once he films it, hey, like we're throwing gameplay on top of that. And the way you find the clips and stuff is like a gameplay feature. But largely, I had the story from the very beginning, and then I built the game around that. I don't think there's any problem with that. But especially after watching Psych Odyssey, and I think I might reference Psych Odyssey for the rest of my life now that <laughs> now that I've seen it. Um, the idea of taking a game the size of God of War Ragnarok, and building this story, this epic tale that's a continuation of the first epic tale from 2018 um, and not only just having a fun story that you you would love to watch if it was animated or whatever but to have pretty fun and engaging levels tied to each of those story beats. To have like side missions that are almost as engaging or as enthralling as the main story where you're actually having fun gameplay moments that actually feel like you're interacting with um what's being said for example like the it's not a whale but like the whale side mission where you're you're freeing this whale because of uh some stuff that Mamir did in the past like i was like man this is some deep stuff i don't of course i'm playing a game but i also don't really feel like that's what i'm doing i like a Mamir is saying hey I, this is the guy that i knew we got to help this guy out and now we're doing it and like To seamlessly integrate that storytelling in with another, you know, main thread and also have it be like a a 30 hour experience or whatever. I think it's pretty impressive considering how you have to you can't just write this script and say, "Okay, build a game around this like it has to be a constant process. So I think I kind of am starting to appreciate that a little more from my perspective, Um, but I'm curious what you guys think about all that stuff I just puked out into the conversation.
1: I think it's fair to like say that, I think Sony Santa Monica, like the game's a real achievement. Um, I can't imagine the thousands of pages of scripts that were written. Um, And I think that the game nails certain things really well, Um, which maybe makes it unfair for me to like say the game is paint by numbers as a whole. I think what I mean mostly is like, I think the A plot is very paint by numbers. Um, Whereas there's some really interesting Texture in some Of the character interactions for example You know the stuff that happens with Sindri um, That is Tragic and That is something that I'll always remember I think that the thing maybe that I'm trying to say is That the A plot was Pretty uninteresting Um, I think the game starts really bombastically Mostly gameplay uh, But a lot of the story Beats are very paint by numbers The, The great narrative pieces are kind of hidden off to the side or they're in like moments are really nailed Um, whereas like it's kind of like if I just explain what happens in the last 10 hours I can kind of do it in 12 seconds you know and I don't think that's fair to the game but like that's that's the thing I could do for the A plot
2: yeah I don't I do disagree but I definitely hear where you're coming from Um, I think for me the the star of God of War isn't the a plot it is the character dialogue throughout it is the real narrative intention behind the side quests and the world design and just the way you progress through the world like every conversation felt like it mattered every conversation added context to the game that I found super compelling and made me want to explore and I think to Joseph's earlier point about like the scale of the game and it being this grand achievement, it, the level of like quality narrative within the game, even if it is more for me in those small character interactions, I just found really impressive. Even if, like you said, maybe the ending itself or the, the overall through line of the plot wasn't the star.
0: Yeah. um, Go ahead, Jacob
1: no i i just like i was thinking of like the games that i want to take it in a different direction so i don't know joseph you you want you might want to go first
0: no let's 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 i had a question and we can get back to god of war later if we need to i did want to my follow-up question was going to be like what are the games you guys think of immediately when you start thinking of yeah
2: that's great that's
1: where i was going with this so same brain that's weird um, yeah, yeah. I even think of, like, some of the, my favorite games of last year and ones that had, like, really narrative, like, a, like a strong narrative. And I think of three. And it's uh, Citizen Sleeper, which, again, I have to thank you for, like, turning me on to that game. Uh, because what it does, like, obviously it's not as engaging as a title as God of War. Um, but I think the writing that it has um, that helps, like, contextualize the world is really interesting. Immortality, like, you know, three plots with kind of a, a narrative through line Really interesting. And then the third is um, is Pentiment. I thought Pentiment had a really interesting story. And I don't know if it's necessarily fair for me to compare those games. Because I've just described like three kind of more indie style games that really focus on... Like writing is the key focus in them. Maybe not Immortality. But Citizen Sleeper and Pentiment are that. Uh, but those are games last year that I think of when I go... Damn. World. Characters. Plot that happens all nuts uh where god of war only checks a few of those boxes
2: it's interesting you point that out too because the first thought i had after joseph read off those dice award winners from the past 10 years was man those there aren't a lot of indie games represented there's a lot of a lot of triple a a lot of Mm -hmm. sequels a lot of established franchises and i think Mm -hmm. the three games you highlighted from last year are all incredible for different reasons but they really bring a unique twist to what they do in gaming. And there's definitely something to be said of like, should dice or, you know, should the gaming community as a whole be honoring innovation or should they be honoring spectacle? Mm-hmm. Or like scale and spectacle? Yeah.
1: It's why some gaming sites for the longest time had like, especially in the graphical category, like art versus Ooh. like spectacle almost or like. Sure. Uh, the techni- even we have sure. it or you have it in the the lukewarm games yeah, it's a variation
2: like, of that yeah yeah
1: yeah art versus technical so i get where you're coming from
0: i think the conversation is pretty interesting because <clears throat> when we look at even indie games like when i think about like the i'm trying to think back and think about best narrative because i do think um citizen sleeper is for sure up there for me um but then I would probably put God of War somewhere around there before I put Immortality Um, in terms of narrative for a video game. And I say that because I think the video gamey aspect goes hand in hand with the narrative. Um, Like, I don't think I personally would ever say that Last of Us Part One has one of the best narratives of all all time for my personal experience because a lot of it for me, and I've talked about this so many times, is like a lot of the video game experience was ruined for me because I played the game super late and I had always heard about the ending. So as I was playing the game, I was just kind of like looking forward to what, what else they were going to tell me. Like I'd get to this moment, I'm like, oh, that's cool, but what else? Like where, what, is the, what is the ending? And I didn't let myself fall into the immersion of the game. Uh, but like when I look at a game like Before Your Eyes, like I just knew the game was good. I didn't know like what what to expect. So to not only tell such a moving story, but to then integrate the like innovative idea of like tracking your eyes, I thought really enhanced that for me where I kind of got lost in the game. Like I'm not watching cutscenes scenes in Before Your Eyes. Like I'm interacting with the game and I'm j- I feel like I am controlling what's moving forward even though it's kind of an illusion so um i have more to say but i'm sure we'll get there eventually luke you have a finger up
2: you're good if you want to keep going i don't no no i don't want to cut you off
0: i don't even i'm starting to lose my train of thought no you're totally fine I,
2: i think you made some really interesting points i was just thinking about what you brought up with like expectation around the games you play and how like I think we all had incredibly high expectations going into God of War Ragnarok and how that maybe influenced our opinions of the game or like how we interpreted the story. And then I think about recent releases, like one of my favorite games of the last few years, Unpacking, where I had mm-hmm. absolutely no expectations whatsoever going into that game. I thought it was a straightforward puzzle game, might find it meditative, jumped in, was completely blown away by the environmental storytelling and the way it incorporated narrative into the gameplay and like that's one of the most memorable experiences I have in gaming recently and to your point like I had no expectations and that totally caught me off guard and I think there's like a level of like authenticity or an organic excitement around that that can also kind of influence your your opinions too
1: It's kind of like the blockbuster movie problem not mm. blockbuster the old video chain but like the the big spectacle movies i mean we talked yeah. about, avatar, too, like we'll talk about avatar 2 or like maybe we'll talk about avatar 2 tomorrow in the, the yeah, cool maybe. down Who tune knows? in that'd be an interesting topic um, yeah but like it's it's almost unfair to and i mean i'm the one who's doing it to start but like it's unfair to compare god of war ragnarok to citizen sleeper just because like they're entirely different from a scope perspective they're mm-hmm. entirely different from a focus perspective um, there's just like less narrative in Citizen Sleeper compared to God of War so maybe it's just that like there, there's just so many different boxes that they have to check for God of War Ragnarok to say all the A plots have to be great, the B plots have to be great, the characters every single character has to be great uh, <laughs> small throwaway interactions have to be great whereas like Citizen Sleeper has a tenth of the scope and just like God of War's best stuff might be better than Citizen Sleeper's best stuff, or at least the same level. But it's just like, because there's so much of it, and if like 10% of it doesn't hit, then we go, ah, this game. I- I'd like to say too, like, God of War Ragnarok is in my top 10 favorite games last year. I think the first game is fantastic as well. It's just mm-hmm. like, there are just parts of it that are not, that don't stand up to the rest of the game, if you understand.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, totally like what you said about expectation is a hundred percent accurate. Like I have been fully convinced that like games are a hundred percent better regardless of the game, pretty much with the exception of a few, like maybe from soft games experience in a box and experience in isolation before you can have like reviews or um, like online conversation, influence your opinion or kind of set up what to expect at certain points in the game um because i think even playing god of war like if people are saying god of war wow easily best game of the year like i can't believe what happened at the end then it's like you don't really get to enjoy the moment by moment and you don't get to really take in what the game is feeding you because online people online have already said hey once you get to this moment this is the moment once you get to the tent like that's the moment where you're gonna cry like don't even worry Whereas, like, everybody that is saying that, in a lot of cases, we're able to experience that moment in isolation, not expecting it, not having any expectations, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, when I think of God of War and how I played that game, like, I don't know, 20 hours straight or whatever the hell I did to finish (laughs) that game. Like, not knowing what is coming at the end and just taking each moment by moment and thinking, man, like, it is crazy how much just works in this game like never i mean of course like during combat during some puzzles it's like oh yeah this is a video game for sure yeah but like picking up one of the collectibles for the first time and being like what the hell like what are they talking about like what is this poem i don't get it and then like picking up the third collectible and being like oh these are little nods to playstation type like properties like this is super cool that they're hiding this in here or just having mimir talk to you and tell you lore like midway through the game, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, I remember, like, that's kind of cool, like, that that they're building all this stuff in. Um, I really, because, like, when you really think about it and take a step back and think about God of War, the plot may not have been everybody's liking or whatever, but, like, how many games are doing what they achieved in that game to that scale? Um, I don't know if I can think of them. Like, even when you think of Last of Us Part Two um that is another or last of us in general that's a franchise that i'm sure everybody would bring up bring up for like best narrative um last of us part last of us in general kind of tells you the story through cutscenes. they like say hey we're in this location we need to get to this location guess what when you get to the the final location or point b we're going to give you this story dump and it's going to blow your socks off and then we're going to you know set it up for our next hey get to this point c and we're going to blow your socks off um there's not many games, just in general, that are able to weave a great story throughout the game constantly, through the gameplay moments instead of just through cutscenes. Um, and before I throw it to you, Jacob, two other games that I feel like do that very well. Um, one is The Witcher 3, where you're just going through the environment and it's like, man, this world is lived in and they're just dumping lore on you as you're just going through the town and talking, passing by and hearing random conversations. And the other one is the Mass Effect franchise, where just going to these different citadels and experiencing these different events, like your crew is talking with each other, you're having side conversations, like things are spontaneous, it's not very linear, it's like it feels super organic. Um, But other than that, I don't think there's a ton of games, um, indie or otherwise, that do it with that quality of polish. Jacob.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Before you brought up um, the two last titles you talked about, every game that you're talking about is a Sony first party game, which, Mm -hmm. again, just goes to show the high quality bar that they set out to achieve that I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of studios have hit. So kudos to them for having like incredible quality control and giving folks time to work on these projects with immense scale. Um, I would tend to think that way about Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but I think that Horizon Zero Dawn in the last five to six years is probably the game that I think of. And again, I didn't play Cyberpunk 2077, and I know that that game had problems, so maybe I should play it someday. Um, But that's a game that I think had great narrative that surprised me, and maybe I was the only person that was surprised to go, oh, this is what this game's actually about. And, you know... We can all have opinions about audio logs and having to read to find out what the game's actually about, but I think that the game did a great job at set, like creating a world that is incredibly interesting and hadn't been done before, and um, while having that like really high bar for gameplay, um, I know it's why they're turning it into a series because that that's going to bang on on TV. Um, I don't know what why I said that, <laughs> but uh, but you know high quality bar with sony and there are games that do it i would even say that god of War 2018 i think maybe surprised me more but again just because we hadn't seen it before this game Mm -hmm. is a direct sequel to the 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 first game and like doesn't really mix it up as much as like obviously the scope i think they do more the graphics look wild uh but it's kind of it is a sequel
0: yeah um and i luke do you have anything to add on that
2: i i struggle with horizon from a narrative perspective to be honest and i totally hear where you're coming from but for me i feel in a similar place as you do for ragnarok to be honest of just that that i didn't connect with that a plot and i i wanted to love Aloy as a character but i just didn't feel invested i didn't connect with those characters. I think Forbidden West improves on a lot of those aspects, and I do think the side cast of characters is more compelling. But in that initial game, that the, it was a very gameplay-first, world-first, technical achievement mm-hmm. title for me.
1: Horizon I think Forbidden that just, West did some cool stuff with the side characters. You're totally, they do the Mass Effect, thing, yeah. uh, Mass Effect 2 thing, which is great.
2: Absolutely. And I think I was just going to add on, like I think this just goes back to this idea of expectations and like what narrative is impactful to you individually and your tastes and things and how like you know all of these multifaceted things can contribute to like what narrative is meaningful to you.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um and I think um when we talk about narrative and like I think a big part of it is like even watching odyssey um and realizing oh yeah they're they're working on we, all these levels simultaneously. We need a like, drinking game. Like every I, time you mention thinking. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just seeing like the development process and realizing, oh yeah, all these teams are working on these levels simultaneously, right? It's not like they get to do the first level mm-hmm. and then iterate on that and then be like, okay, in this part of the story, now that we've set that part, it's like, we don't know. Like all of this is coming together at the same time. So it's not like we can like the slowdown in the third act of the game or whatever had like they're just taking a risk on that they're like hey mm-hmm. we'll make this part a little slower but we know what the rest of the game should feel like so hopefully it kind of pays off Um so games that are big not even big but like big in scope or whatever um, I think are just that more impressive when you realize what came together at the last hour Um, but like moving away from sony first parties i think um a game that really wowed me and it's kind of big it's kind of mid scope and i guess you kind of have to take a shot on this one as well psychonauts 2 like me playing the first one i was like oh this is pretty funny like i'm surprised the comedy holds up as Mm -hmm. well as it does like and then actually getting psychonauts 2 a modern game with like a modern lens on it it's like man like even Ratchet... Like, this hits me harder than even Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart did, where, like, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, great game. I love the series, but it is very much a video game. And on top of it, it's like, all right, we have these characters that we know, and they're doing something. And by the end, they did something, and it's like, cool. Like, I got, I met, I met some new people, but I, I'm kind of... I feel the same as I did when I started. Like, I, I'm not really taking much away from that. Psychonauts 2... With has a lot of recurring characters, but I think half the cast is brand new and you're learning all of their struggles and their problems. And the way that they merge not only just the main story, but the way they merge like Raz's humor or just the environments to like emphasize the story they're telling. I think the big part of like, um, how Double Fine approach psychonauts was like hey every world needs to be a mirror of this person's like mental state it has to be a interesting reflection of what this person is feeling when you go into their mind and i think stuff like that really helps sell the narrative and really helps get you invested um so like those are the things that i come out the other end of the game being like man that was crazy like they really pulled out all the stops to constantly remind me why I should care about this game. Um, and I also just got paged for work. So I'm going to let Jacob take over the conversation for a second while I look into this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, Luke, you and I can, can talk about more titles that we think um, have, like, really incredible stories and why. Um, the game that I was going to bring up that is kind of a little bit different, um, you know, looking at this this dice list, uh, from the last couple years, uh, I don't know if you play Kentucky Route Zero or not.
2: I have not. It's been on my backlog for quite a while. I know it's up my alley, though, for sure.
1: It's it's definitely like not a game for everyone, I would say. Um, and it's now something that you can get on Netflix as of like December oh, of 2022. Cool. So you can play it on iOS and Android. Um, it a is a surprisingly click-
2: slapping game catalog. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff in there.
1: Yeah, that uh, one would say that that category or that catalog is bussin', uh, but I'm an old, so I can't say that. Um, but that's a game that like you you basically are in charge of a truck driver, um, and it is a point and click adventure game, uh, literally text based dialogue. Um, but it gets really I don't want to say cerebral. I don't want to say artsy because those are those are unfair words. But like the entire game is is metaphor and allegory, um, and so. Like if you're a well-read person, I think that you'll you'll see the allegory and the metaphor and go like, oh, this is great. Um, But even if you're not like someone who like spends a lot of time in books, uh, there will be parts of it like there's a there's a scene in a in a cafe uh, that is based on kind of song or based on music, and it's just like a really incredible moment. So again, it's that story hits you from multiple different dimensions, uh, not only from like the a plot is trying to tell but also like some of the moments are absolutely fantastic and shocking at times
2: that's awesome i think kind of going off of that i think about another game that played with expectations in a similar way and shocked me in that it it started tonally one way and ended in a completely different place and that's gone home yeah um a, a narrative game i absolutely adore um, another one that I think does incredible things with environmental storytelling. And like I said, it it starts in a... In a I, I mean, we can talk spoilers for Gone Home at this point because it's been so long, but yep. to have it start in like kind of a scary horror vibe mm-hmm. of like you don't know what happened to your family in this house, to have it mm-hmm. blossom into this beautiful love story, like things like that, I think are really, really awesome about narrative that only a video game can achieve with that interactive element
1: i recently played tacoma which is the follow-up to gone home nice. and i think that game is probably like criminally underrated um just because obviously like gone home at the time no one had done gone home before sure. that game came out but tacoma comes out many years later and there are multiple games that i can think of edith finch being like one example that Love comes edith out finch in as time. well yep but Tacoma is still like environmental storytelling, uh, characters, um, you know, each of, cause essentially like, it's almost like theater where like you can move around a 3D space and then multiple characters, at least they're like reflections or recordings of them will be going on, so you, you'll go in, into a room with two of the characters and one of them leaves and then goes and has a dialogue with a different character and so you watch like a bunch of different vignettes from different perspectives and um that's it to me was really unique because i hadn't really h- experienced that in a game where i'm like oh i'm gonna go see this a plot and then we're gonna go listen to this b plot and see for how sure. they interact it was like criminally underrated you should play it which makes me really excited for uh carla Zimone's next game um mm. i don't remember their studio name but like i'm i'm jacked for for what they work on next
2: yeah that'll be awesome
0: also i'm back um i did play tacoma <laughs> Love very it. cool very cool concept um i think one of my favorite personal favorite um narratives in games is control i think that game is like my perfect setup for a narrative where hey some weird things are going on it's not a horror so it's not like overly scary but like just things are off right and what i loved about that game that i don't know if any other game I have played has done, except maybe God of War to a small extent, is like you will be playing the game and there's a lot of reading, there are a lot of like like files that you get that have half the shit redacted in it. But you get the gist. You you find these files and you're like, hey, uh yeah, we have a report. The crew went out and they um they found this refrigerator and this refrigerator was doing some wacky stuff and some very like unsettling stuff, so we got it and we brought it back. And you're like, "Oh, interesting. That's that's kind of like a cool story. I want to learn more about that." And then you play the game and 2 hours later you find the fridge. And it's this it's an object. It's not a person. It's not I mean, it could be an enemy in some ways, but you find it and because you read that like redacted note, you're like, "Wait a second. I don't I don't know. Like, I don't even want to walk up on this thing." because of what i read like two hours ago or you'll see like a person interacting with this object being like i can't look away like if i look away i'm dead like i have to keep watching this this fridge or something bad is going to happen you're just like this this place is a loony town like this this is insane and like the game just constantly builds upon itself the entirety of the way through and i'm like dang that is super cool where like hey the narrative is there we're trying to find your brother x y and z but to actually find notes about the history of this organization that you're walking through and to then actually have gameplay moments to tie that all back together i really enjoyed that um which is why that's one of my favorite narratives for sure
1: how do you feel about that game being weird just for the sake of being weird because i guess that's that's like i don't put control as high as you do i'm like this is interesting i appreciate this But, like, maybe for me, like, the Twin Peaks of, like, just being weird for the sake of being weird isn't my vibe.
0: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think there is some stuff that you just walk upon and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is just some wacky nonsense that got put in. And those aren't the moments that make me go, oh, wow, like, yeah, I love this. Like, (laughs) give me another random TV show to walk up on. Um, (laughs) It is more of the, like, hey, like, this this note that we're writing which in video games is more of just like a almost a cop out to tell you a bunch of story in a really easy way it's like yeah we're gonna pay off a lot of this like all the stuff that we're telling you you can find it later or you can learn more about these people um that actually has like payoffs later in the game um and as far as i can think there's not many games like that the reason i brought up god of war is because there are a lot of stories in 2018 that mimir tells you or or even ragnarok that mimir Mimir tells you that you can then say oh yeah i remember him telling me about this like this is the guy he was telling me about or like he told me that this guy did all these these things or this location and you kind of feel like oh okay i'm learned because of this character (laughs) in the game um so but other than that Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's an equivalent level of world building um, tied into the narrative and the the collectibles and stuff.
1: Is it unfair of me to, like, be sort of sour on God of War Ragnarok because I didn't appreciate 10% of its story when that 10% of the story is, like, the equivalent in probably, like, script pages to, like before your eyes is that fair of me to do
2: no I think (laughs) (laughs) go ahead I was gonna say yes in a sense that like I think it's not a requirement to enjoy a narrative because people like it you know what I mean like I think everything resonates with individuals differently so like like we found in our game of the year podcast that we recorded a couple months ago like we each had games that really resonated with each of us last year mm-hmm. that the rest of us may or may not have had even on our top 10 and that's not to say like those games aren't good games objectively or you know from a narrative perspective or a gameplay perspective but just to say that like you know different tastes lead to different impact i think i keep going back to that like idea of like multifaceted expectations and how how that can kind of differ. And yeah, no, I think it's justified. I, I think it's interesting more than anything, which is why I think I keep, we keep poking fun at you. Cause it's just like, that's not how I feel, but I want to know more. And it's, it, it makes for a good conversation for sure. Yeah. yeah
1: sometimes mean, I'm like, is there something wrong with me?
0: I agree with everything. I said, no, but I was just kidding. Like I agree <laughs> with everything, everything Luke said, um, I think, cause I mean, I, I'm literally you for, but for last of us part one, like I enjoyed last of us part one fine, but I'm like, oh yeah, I, I don't really have like insane fond memories about the game except,
2: and then I love both these games.
0: (laughs) The crazy thing about it is like, I played like last of us left behind and nobody really told me about that. And when I played that experience, I feel like I had more of an emotional connection than A lot of Hmm. the rest of the game because that that experience was in a way able to be my own thing like and i was able to discover that on my own time so um yeah i think like the i think it's fine not to like certain uh narratives for sure i mean i'm definitely um not the biggest fan of horizon forbidden west narrative and i do think it's for a similar reason where it's like the last little bit of that game i was like all right, we're, we're just off the rails at this point, and I'm not sure I enjoy that decision, whereas I'm sure other people are like, yeah, I love this decision. Like, I, I thought this really brought it all together at the end. So different strokes for different folks.
1: <sighs> That's the really um, challenging part about having like a 30-hour game, right? Because at, a, at the end of the day, um, it's not like you're producing television. You're producing a video game that someone has to spend their time playing, which the playing part is probably 80% of it, right? So if you think of God of War Ragnarok, uh, you know, gaming in the wild, John called out the, the mask uh, MacGuffin quest. where like, really this isn't spoilers, but for hours, multiple hours in that game, you are just running around beating guys to find a thing. That's not unique to God of war. Like that is a thing that happens in games. And it's just unfortunate that those long games, I don't want to say have to pad out their play time with experience, like with missions like that, but Maybe it's why I'm drawn towards more like six to 10 hour experiences because the padding's not needed uh, and my, my time is limited and they, they have less scope so that if something doesn't, like if they hit 90%, like 90% of a 10 hour game is just less than 90% of a 30 hour game. That's just math.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm there's definitely an argument to be made there for like the impact of a concise experience. Like I think about games like a short hike or yep. Florence that yep. are like both incredible, but both can be beaten in under an hour. Yeah. But that's like that hour is like one of my best hours in gaming, arguably mm-hmm. in certain mm-hmm. ways. So yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I come back to is I'm like, I'm always gonna debate somebody on if unlike if is this narrative good. All right. Like whether you like it is subjective in a lot of ways. And I think there are some very bad narratives. Like I I do not think anybody can convince me that um Neon White has a good narrative. You're just not gonna do it. Like uh, and if you're trying to say, yeah, that has one of the best narratives of the year, I will not allow it. You're slamming
1: but, my goatee of 2022 over here.
0: Sorry. Sorry. The uh, narrative gameplay, not It's yeah, fine. But gameplay bangs. <laughs> um, but like everything else, I'm like, I can see the high level of quality in a narrative that I don't like. Like I liked it, but I did not finish Disco Elysium. And I can clearly see why that won in 2019, like the level of polish and, and the branches and like the 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 metaphors and everything coming together. I can see the uh the art and the 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 care and and love that was put into that game's narrative and I'm sure I'm almost positive that most people that play that game, if you were to sit most most people that play games down in front of that, they'd be like, oh, I don't really like this. Man, oh, it's a little boring. Uh oh, it's a lot of reading." Um does that make it bad? No. It's just like it's doing a very specific thing that might not resonate with everybody and i mean i think that's kind of one of the problems of a god of war or even a horizon where it's like hey this is an rpg we got to keep you engaged for this many hours and we also have to regardless of how many side quests you do or how much time you spend in the game we all have to end at the same place somehow right and then we all also have to let you go back and explore the world so we can't have such sometimes we can't even have a super definitive ending um for the fear of breaking the immersion of the game or whatever yep. um so it's tough for sure but i i do think a lot of these games that even just looking at the the nominees list over the past 10 years i think all of them have something about them where you can say yeah there's a certain level of quality and in i don't know i think just quality that is in this game that you don't really see that often like I, like honestly thinking about my favorite games it's like a lot of games that i enjoy don't have great narratives they're very very far from what i can see to getting that benchmark of, of good narratives um so even in a moment like gotta wear ragnarok where it's like okay it might not all be here. I mean, I thought it was all there, but it might not all be there in Jacob's case. Like, I'm like, this is still so far and away better than pretty much everything else. So
1: I cried during this game, and I'm I'm not ashamed to. You didn't admit tell us
0: that. that first of all. You didn't tell us yeah. that.
1: I yeah, I cried like a baby. What part? So, or give uh, us not a,
0: not super spoilery, but
1: well, no, it's the first ninety minutes, so I don't. I feel oh, okay. I don't feel bad okay. about doing okay. it. It's like okay. one okay. of the the pups like eight – it um atreus why can't I? atreus why can't i atreus, atreus thank you wow words. <laughs> atreus sorry it's late here atreus when like one of his pups passes uh, i literally cried because you know yep. in my old age now owning cats um i get instagram stories or instagram my instagram feed is like cat adoption so like that was the video game equivalent of like cat adoption instagram reels and it hit me in the mm-hmm. heart and it
0: hurt real bad yeah absolutely absolutely very um, fair we're running we're running along here but i did have one question that i forgot i had until because i haven't been looking at my my agenda or anything um where do you think or what do you think will be the thing to push narratives uh further in the future like when we think about okay best narrative in five years what's going to be the the special sauce for that like will it be more detailed mocap because i feel like only a few games right now can afford the level of mocap and quality the sony first parties have which is a big part of why they're able to deliver so much emotion in their stories um will it be uh ai will like the addition of ai or just the the breadth of options and being able to immerse the player more like allow for a broader story to be told like when we talk about games like mass effect where things are branching right if if devs can somehow find a way to generate more paths for the player to end up at a satisfying conclusion will that do it what do you what do you guys think uh i'll start with i'll start with luke this time sure
2: i think i guess i'm gonna answer with kind of what i want and this may or may not happen but i would like to see the continued push for true representation in games um I think about an upcoming title, I believe it's coming out this month, an indie title, Venba, that I've been really looking forward to over the years. Um, it's a, a narrative cooking game about an Indian family, and they're sharing their culture through food. And I I haven't played the game, so I, I don't want to speak to its quality in that way, but like, just everything I've seen about it seems so unique and striking and sharing such a powerful experience rooted in narrative in a in a different way and I I would just love to see experiences like that get their due in these kind of game of the year conversations or dice or what have you. And maybe the scale of those types of experiences be able to grow.
1: I think you can only really do the movie thing. And by that, I mean like just writing a really good script so well like every year or every you know there's going to be five or ten stories that are bangers just because like narrative like story is good Um, to your point Joseph like I think the place where video games differ are obviously their interactivity and the way that the medium is going to be pushed forward is by those advances in technology is like you know say what you want about AR or VR I still don't think it's at a place where like it's Uh, It's digestible for most people to have a VR headset in their home And it won't be until we get to $199 or whatever it is Um, But there's still opportunity there For the game to literally reach out and grab you In a way that like, you know, games have not done yet You bring up AI, right? What if your experience in the game was unique to you And that's because of the AI that's in the game AI's been in games forever But I think like the way that we're moving we could have experiences that are unique to us based on, like, AI. Um, That's the technology intersecting with narrative, like, is the thing that really excites me. But to Luke's point, like, getting a view on other cultures um, as games become more ubiquitous and more accessible around the world, like, I'm so excited to play Space for the Unbound because Mm. I've not... Like lived or seen Like Malaysia ever So I just want to like live in that In a way that I've not lived in uh, You know stories before um, Games I-, I think like This is why I'm-, I'm excited that We have this medium and that we can talk about it Because like you can't do Like film is going to be film But there's like a th- At least three different dimensions Where games can reach out and grab you In a way that film never can
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. I think what leads to good stories is always like somebody's passion being able to be translated basically one to one. Like, that's why I think Psychonauts is so good. That's why I think Last of Us is so good, and even God of War is because every time you hear the directors talk about these games, they're very much like, yeah, this is a story I wanted to tell, right? It's not like, hey, we got to make a fun game and we have to have a way to push this game forward. Or we have to attach some logical story to this game. It's like, this is a vision this person had and they were able to tell it unaltered. I think that's always going to end up in the best stories, but I think the experience maybe in five years that will be the next thing to blow us away will be the Elden Ring approach, but in a narrative sense where in Elden Ring, you never know what you're going to walk up upon. And like every Hour every thirty minutes is a surprise in that game, uh but it's more from a discovery um that's emergent game combat gameplay. yeah it's, it's 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 immersive gameplay right like I think when we get a game and i think we will, we eventually will where you're talking to people and like you can have 20 different interactions with this person you walk up on or like you can see this person that nobody ever sees in their game and all of this influences actually the main story right it's not just isolated incidents that you see it and oh that was cool and kind of like how fallout has i love fallout for that people will run up on you and you'll have a little interaction but it doesn't really have anything in the grand scope i think there will be games where it's like yeah all of these little random encounters and and random conversations that evolve Will have some impact on the actual story and like the final, um, the final event or wherever you end up in the game. Um, I think that'd be really cool. I think it's possible for sure. I think uh, problematic guy, Quantic Dreams uh, already <laughs> does a good job for that with that, but it's very linear in how they execute. is, like pick this option, but I can't like I can't imagine what it'd be like if there was like AI talking to each other in a way where it's like your character is an AI in terms of like the dialogue options it can generate. And then the character that you're talking to is an AI. So like, Mm -hmm. because of that nature, every conversation is slightly different because it's like, Oh, this AI might think, Oh, well now I have this much data to work on. I'll say, I'll give you three, these three options. Whereas Luke might get a different three based off of whatever different factors the AI is given at the beginning. I think all of that could be cool. Um, but I think we're still pretty far away from that. But I don't know. I think I think we'll get there. I think a game in the next five years will not be the cinematic movie script. I think it'll be more of an immersive type one.
1: I mean, I even think of Mass Effect and like imagine if you know yeah. the the characters in Mass Effect uh, reacted to you being Paragon versus Renegade in a way yeah. that was not like these five set characters have two sets of dialogue they will share. What if mm-hmm. every character in the world started reacting and learning like how terrible of a person you are and then mm-hmm. treat you as such? Like that's yeah. like we're not there probably from a computing standpoint, but like that's what excites me.
0: I think we could be close if like we pair that with a smaller scale of game, right? Like if it's instead of a galaxy or like, you know, a 30-hour experience, if it was like a 5 or 6 hour experience 10 hour experience similar to how the Stanley Parable does where it's like yeah there's like so many different routes you can go in that game but it's also you could beat it in like 30 minutes mm-hmm. if we just scope that up just a little bit but also add like the Mass Effect kind of quality that you were you were talking about I think that could be super cool um and I doubt this will ever happen again but like Mass Effect the way that they carried the story over for the entire trilogy, incredible for yep. storytelling wise, like being able to get attached to those characters throughout three different games is unbelievable. Um And I doubt we'll ever be able to it's hard enough to get one game grinlet nowadays than uh, as opposed to a trilogy. But I don't know, man, I'm very excited about the prospect of getting back to those type of RPGs.
1: We have Mass Effect 4. It's called Mass Effect Andromeda. Have you played it?
0: No, that's we don't do that. We don't do that here. All right, we don't talk about that. Um, Okay, guys, I think we're gonna get ready to wrap up as my throat starts to give out. Uh, Does anybody have any final thoughts, final words on their narrative uh, talking points, Luke? If you have anything, give it to us. If not,
2: I I like narrative games. (laughs) That. they're really good and i i enjoyed this conversation and i enjoyed the variety of games we br- brought to light so good stuff y'all if you
0: if you had to name a game off the top of your head best narrative of all time what would you say oh gosh just the first um, game that comes in your head say it
2: it's always going to be last of us part two for me okay. that's that. that's the pinnacle okay but right, also throw out unpacking is like kind okay. of a dual wow. like different types I'm, of experiences.
0: I need to play unpacking. Okay. Okay. Man. Jacob, final thoughts, uh, final thoughts on the best game.
1: Okay. Um, I, I've said a lot, so I guess what I need to, to not apologize for, but I think I just need to be more specific when I talk about the flaws of God of War Ragnarok. Um, I think you're the characters, fine. You didn't the world. <laughs> no, you know what? I know a lot of people work on these games and like, you know, I don't like being flippant. I-, I wanted, like, my criticisms to be very specific. So, like, I take issue with how paint-by-numbers the ending was, but beyond that, I think God of War Ragnarok is a good game. Uh, and then as far as, like, my favorite narratives of all time, that's such an unfair question. Um, is, yeah. So I'll name, I guess, three. Uh, I think oh What my Remains of Edith Finch is great. Uh, I think Spec Ops The Line is surprising. Um, and I think that Gone Home is, like, you know, is pretty perfect. So there you go. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, I don't have any final words. I've talked a lot as well. Um, When we talk about favorite games or favorite narrative, I would say last of us part two, but to keep things fresh, I'm not saying this is, this is just what comes to mind. Uh, Life is strange. True colors. Dang. What, what a great, that would have
2: been been my third. If I, if I threw out another one. Okay. Very good. Okay. That game is like pure comfort food in the best way.
0: So nice, so nice. Such a such a surprising uh turn of events in that game. Anyways, um I think that's it. Thank you guys for coming on. I think this is a great little round table discussion we had. Thanks for having us. Um, Who's coming on next week? I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But until then, thank you all for listening to Player Player. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Rate us five stars on iTunes or Spotify or whatever and tell your friends about us. If you want updates about future episodes or giveaways or anything, we haven't done a giveaway in like three years. So, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't hold out hope on that one. But if you want to, maybe next you week. Keep, maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe next week. Uh, the only way to find out is to go to the description of this podcast and follow us on all the social medias. Um, speaking of social media, where can the people find you, Jacob?
1: Uh, You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T, on my host two podcasts, one called The Left Behind Game Club. Uh, We're doing it semi-regularly now, but we just launched uh, an episode about Yakuza Part 2. It's our two-parter about that. Uh, You can find that on all major podcasting platforms. And then Cutscenes is a show about video game movies and TV. Right now, we're covering The Last of Us. So again, available on podcasting platforms. Uh, Joseph, thanks for letting me come here and and for just beating me up real softly.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Luke, where can the people find you?
2: Of course. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lukewarm Lewis. You can check out my podcast, the Lukewarm Games Podcast, on all major podcasting platforms. Always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Super fun discussion. Thank you. Thank you.
0: For sure. As always, big shout out to Aaron Miller for the intro music. You can follow him at The Miller Child on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you can find me on social media at The Hoop where the E is a three. You can also find my YouTube channel, Can't Pause, at sign can't pause. New Metroidvania video. Subscribe. Go watch it. Go watch it and subscribe. Yeah. You can find my little baby parent co host here, who's not here actually, at Pax Arsenico <laughs> on Twitter and Twitch or Arsen Lakpa on Instagram. And until next time, guys. Keep gaming.
1: Game on, folks.